Welcome again. My name is Tony Weeder. We have talked about folk Islam and even some some topics concerning African traditional religions. And we also have discussed the issue of evangelism and discipleship. And now we there's no way you can talk about folk Islam without discussing Sufi Islam. And in no way at all there's going to be uh, a huge uh, studies on Sufi Islam. I'm just like scratching the surface of it so that since we talk about folk Islam, we'll be able also to uh, to just put in Sufi Islam and how close they are in terms of overlapping the mystical aspect of it, uh, sin worship and all of that that we talk about. So that's the point I'm coming from as we uh, discuss Sufism. Um, I tell you a story. Uh, in 1989, if you remember, I told you that I'm from Liberia. In 1989, there was a civil war in Liberia. And we, my family, my wife, and little girl, we ran, uh, we ran from the country, literally running. And as, as we left our home, we left everything behind in terms of food, in terms of clothes, and everything. And when I left my house, I still remember how much I weighed. And it was about 150 pounds. And as we walked from Liberia to the Ivory Coast, the hunger, uh, we were thirsty for water. Uh, we were absolutely physically empty. And from 150 pounds, when we arrived in Ivory Coast, I weigh about 85 pounds. Wow, you might say. Yes, but that physical hunger cannot be compared to the spiritual starvation that many Sufi Muslims are going through. Uh, they are in search for God everywhere. In terms of Islam, uh, Sufism is Islamic mysticism, or Islam over a pantheistic worldview. Pantheism, meaning God is everything, and everything is God. And this is where we find Sufi Islam. Phil Paschal in his wonderful book, uh, Bridges to Islam, quote Dave Schenk in his book when he said uh, that Bridges to Islam, in Bridges to Islam, in Muslim communities across the African continent, sin, veneration, and mysticism abound. Recently, I visited Central Java Bangladesh and southern Yugoslavia and found the veneration of mysticism are persistent. And the experience and practice of sin veneration were amazingly consistent. This is especially remarkable because in each community, the orthodox institutions are always in tension with these widespread popular expression of Islam. Uh, there's a photo below where you see uh, the followers of Sheikh um, Hussein Bale of Ethiopia. Uh, I mean, literally, this woman you see there, she's licking the tomb of, the, 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 uh, of this dead sin, hoping that since she cannot get pregnant, uh, somehow his spirit from that grave will help her get, uh, get pregnant. And on the left of the picture there, you see a man sitting there in deep trench, uh, just praying and hoping that uh, that somehow God, uh, whatever God is, will touch his soul. And that's the concept of 
Sufi Islam. And then let us look at the meaning and origin of the term, the search for meaning everywhere. Whether you are of modern day pagans, uh, African traditional religion, or Sufi. But I wanted to quote for you, there's a long quotation on Blaise Pascal, the 17th century French philosopher. Uh, bear with me, it's going to take some time, but this is something that he said, the greatness and the wretchedness of man are so evident that the true religion must necessarily teach us both that there is in man some great source of greatness and a great source of wretchedness. It must then give us a reason for these astonishing contradictions in order to make man happy. It must prove to him that there is a God that we ought to love him, that our true happiness is to be in him. And our soul evil is to be or is to be separated from him. It must recognize that is every religion or the Christian religion that we are full of darkness, which hinders us from knowing and loving him. He goes on to say that thus, as our duties comp uh, compel us to love God, and our, our lust turn us away from him, we are full of unrighteousness. It must give us an explanation of our opposition to God and to our own good. It must teach us the remedies for these infirmities and the means of obtaining these remedies. Let us therefore examine all religions. This is key. Let us therefore examine all religions of the world and see if there be any other than the Christian which is sufficient for this purpose. It was a long quote, like I said. But Pascal said, let us examine all religions. Which religion answered the three questions? You remember? Ultimate reality. What is real? Human condition. Uh, a great book to read on that would be Needland's book, Encountering Re uh, Religious Pluralism. Only Christianity answered these questions. He goes on to say, shall it be that our, our philosophers who put forward as the chief good, the good which is ourselves, is this the true good? Have they found a remedy for our, lie, uh, our ills? Is man's pride cured by placing him on equality with God? I would say no, agreeing with uh, Pascal. Have those who have made us equal to the brutes, or to the Mohammedans, that is the Muslims, who have offered us earthly pleasures as the chief good, even in eternity, produce the remedy for our lusts? The answer again would be no. What religion then will teach us to cure our pride and lust? Not Islam or Sufi Islam. What religion will in fact teach us our good, our duties, the weakness which turns us from them, the cause of the weakness, the remedies which can cure it, and the means of obtaining these remedies. All other religions have not been able to do so. Let us see what the wisdom of God will do. Wow. Amen. So in, in Sufi Islam, we cannot find that. This is a 17th century philosopher telling and explaining us who can cure our pride, we can cure our hunger. Oh, yes, I was hungry physically. I went from 150 pounds to about 85 pounds. But that cannot be compared to the spiritual hunger that you find in Sufi Islam. 
everywhere you turn, people are hungry for God. In fact, Pascal goes on to say, uh, there's a, uh, in the goes on to say that, expect neither true, she says, that means he's putting us in the position of God, no consolation from men. I am she who formed you, and who alone can teach you what you are, but you are now no longer in the state in which I formed you. I created man holy, innocent, perfect. I filled him with light and intelligence. I communicated to him my glory, my wonders. The eye of man saw them, the majesty of God. He was not then in the darkness which blinds him, not subject to morality and the woes which afflict him. But he has not been able to sustain so great a glory without falling into pride. He wanted to make himself, that in talking about Osna, his own center and dependent of my help. He withdrew himself from my root and on his making himself equal to me by the desire of finding his happiness in himself. I abandoned him to himself and setting him in revolt, the creatures that were subject to him. I made them his enemies so that man is now become like the brutes and so entrenched from me that their scare remains to him a dim vision of the author. So far has all his knowledge been extinguished or di uh, disturbed the senses independent of reason and often he masters of reason have led him into pursuit of pleasure. All creatures either torment of tempt him or domineer over him, either subduing him by their strength or fascinating him by their charms, a tyranny more awful and more imp impious. Such is the state in which men now are. He goes on to say that there remains to them some feeble instinct of the happiness of their former state and they are plunged into the evils of their blindness. And Pascal goes on and says, they are lost which have become their second nature. The reason why I want for us to go through this quote is that step by step, Pascal, without even realizing they're giving us the background of uh, uh, Sufi Islam, the emptiness, the desire to be like God and be like ourselves. And the more we, <laughs> we talk about Sufi Islam, also keep in mind the New Age movement that is taking over Western society. A great book would be by Dr. Grotais on masking the New Age, if you want to read that. But Pascal did not just stop there. He goes on and says, from this principle which I disclose to you, you can recognize the cause of those contradictions which have astonished all men and have divided them into parties holding so different views or observe all the feelings of greatness and glory which they experience if so many worlds can set us strive and see if the cause of them must not be in another nature. Sorry for that long quotation, but I think we needed it. And there where we are, there where we find ourselves in Sufi Islam, the emptiness that Pascal talked about. Uh, the search for God in the wrong place. 
uh, I quoted um, um, St. Augustine before in his book, uh, The Confessions. He said, our hearts are restless until our hearts find rest in the creator, that is Jesus Christ. And in fact, somewhere in Pascal Pense, he said that there's a vacuum ship, a God-like ship within us, and the only person that can fill it up is God. And Sufi Islam has influence across Africa, Asia, the Middle East, and beyond. And you can see the map right there, about 13, uh, 317 million Muslim people spread on the continent of Africa. They are all following Sufi Islam. Sufism became a dynamite force in sub-Saharan Africa, meaning black Africa, at the beginning of the 18th century. The Sufi movements, which gained followers in much of sub-Saharan Africa, were led by sheikhs who linked the organization to social as well as spiritual concerns. The practice of students giving gifts to their sheikhs often was transformed into a system for the accumulation and redistribution of wealth by the leaders uh, of the movement. And that is today being practiced in Senegal. I was in Dhaka, Senegal in the early uh, 90s. When I went there, I was really touched uh, by these four schools of, of Sufi Islam in that area. Uh, the names are so difficult to pronounce, but I will try. Kidaya, Tijaniya, Muriya, and Leyeni. Uh, but the two schools among the are the Tijanis and the Murids. And the Murids and the Tijanis have actually ruled Senegal since its founding. The first, I think the first president of Senegal, uh, his wife was Catholic, but he himself was a Muslim and I follow the Murids. And then after him was, Ab no, his name, uh, Leopold Senegal. Yeah, Leopold Senegal was the first president of Senegal. And after him was uh, Abdullah, not Abdullah, but Abdul Diouf was the second president who was also a Marie. And then lastly, uh, Abdullah Wad, who's now a Tijani. Uh, these are the various schools we found in those areas of, of you will see the picture of, of Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Amandou Bamba, founder of the Mori movement today. And uh, it's really active with the Muslim Brotherhood of Egypt, in Jordan, um, in, and in Syria, and as far back as even Kashmir, India. There's a network among uh, the Sufi Muslims in Ethiopia, Somalia, and the other places. And they unite themselves uh, doing social work like we quoted from the, uh, the text above. Uh, they are helping, they are distributed uh, food and medicine, but their concern is that they are empty and God will fill them as we go through this, we will see. Sufism is the mysticism of Islam. It is seen as the uh, extraterrestrial inward spiritual path of union with God, which fulfills the outward law, Sharia. What do I mean by that? It's trying to tell us that the inward or the outward practice of, 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 of Sufi Islam, it is the Islam as a practice, the hope is that they will become one with God. And we see that in terms of union with God, their whole search, and this is where it was attractive to the West uh, in terms of the New Age movement. Um, I, I know a lot of people from Liberia will know the name Oprah. 
because some time ago she did a, a, DNA, a DNA test and that test found out that she's from Liberia. Uh, who knows, someday she might actually call me as a brother and then we can talk about that and where she's from, from that part of Liberia. But she has become the guru of the New Age movement. Shirley MacLaine, uh, you know, Dancing in the Light, if you have all read her book, she also, she's now a, a New Age guru in this country. And that also has led to post-modernism uh, post uh, where there's no truth. Everyone is seeking their own truth. Everyone wants to be spiritual. Everyone is not religious but spiritual. And so that's how Sufism has influenced not just uh, Africa or Asia or Latin America. Do you know that the brotherhood from Senegal, the Tijanis, they have a place in Los Angeles and Memphis of the United States? Uh, we we'll see that as we go through these lessons. It is, it is seeking for direct knowledge of God based on the Quran and outward forms of Islam, but can, can use the ideas from Greek and Hindu sources. The Shahada, you remember we have talked about the Shahada means there is no absolute reality except the absolute reality. So there's a spin on it. And so with that in mind, the shahada, they put a spin on it. You remember in folk Islam, the shahada, that when you repeat the name of Allah, uh, it wears out spirit. But for them, they are hoping that when they say there's no God except Allah and his prophet Muhammad, they, they put a twist on it, stating there is no absolute reality except the absolute reality. What does that mean? Let's continue. Outward forms of Islam are linked to the former clothes of religion, while inward Sufism is the soul of religion in which God is seen with the eye of the heart. Meditation, going back, uh, I think, around the 5th, 6th century, uh, Anthony of, of, of Egypt was the first Christian monk, Athanasius, I knew about Anthony, people go into the cave. So going to the cave is not even something new. If you remember the Stoics of Acts chapter 17, uh, they went, they, they drove themselves away from the world and went up in the mountains. A lot of monks, even today in Lalibela, Ethiopia, uh, with the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, there are people in Lalibela today, they are in the cave, they're studying the scripture, praying, uh, to God and what have you. And so the people are searching. And that gave us, and we see at the end of this lesson, that gave us something as Christians. They are hungry. Remember the illustration I gave from the beginning. When you are physically hungry or thirsty, you want to do everything to quench your thirst. You want to do everything to fill yourself. And we see the example, the spiritual hunger among Sufi Muslims and among Sufi Islam.